Hello and welcome to Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law. And today on the show, we've got a very special guest, Sam Homewood. He's TV presenter and host of the Man United podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, Sam. Thank you very much for having me. Anytime. Um, we do have to start with Manchester United being top of the league. It's just happened, obviously, beating Burnley mm-hmm. on Tuesday night, uh, move ahead of Liverpool. Yep. Uh, the big question on every Man United fan's lips right now, on every football fan's lips, really, is can they actually go on and win the title now this season? So I think that's one of those really funny football situations where I, I don't even think that's a valid question. Of course they can go on and win the league because they are currently top of the league. So there's no, like, I, you always see that, like, online. So we go, oh, can United actually, are they in a title race? No, they're leading it. Of course they are. They're, and they're front of that race currently. Um, uh, but you also have to remember, I suppose, Southampton have been top. Leicester have been top. Everton have been top. I think at one point Arsenal were top. Uh, Tottenham have been top of the league. Liverpool have been top of the league. City have almost certainly been top of the league at some point this season. Um, so I think it's one of those things where you have to try to balance both emotions of if you can't enjoy that you're top of the league, mm. I don't know why you're watching football. There's, I'm sure, lots of people that are like, yeah, well, it's only three points. It's after 17 games and you don't win anything after 17 games. And I feel like that's what managers should be saying and that's what players should be saying. But if you're a fan and your only investment is the emotion, you should absolutely be buzzing that your team is top of the league, whether it was Everton or Southampton or right now, Manchester United. Mm. I'm loving it. I keep looking at the league table. I looked at it this morning for no other reason than to just be like, yeah, there we are. Mm. Love that. Um, mm. But that's why I'm not a player. That's why I'm a fan because I'm caught up in the emotion. But that doesn't mean I absolutely 100% believe and I'm convinced that we will win the league but I know that we could win the league. And I think there's, there's a line there somewhere. Like if, if people want to say to me, you're an idiot, you were, you were really happy when you were top of the league after 17 games and look where you are after 38 because it could all blow up. So, mm. Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? That's, that's the ride. That's the fun of it. Mm. I think the fact is, I mean, you mentioned it, Sam, I think it's four points between the top five teams at the moment, which mm-hmm. says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, the Burnley game, personally, when I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, if they if we end up winning this game, it would be a... You know, arguably a title-winning performance because you know solid at the back and, and got the goal. And obviously, we've seen it years gone by. The, the great teams, the Ferguson teams, the teams that have won titles. Yeah. I mean that Burnley game. I mean for me, there was a lot of standout performances. I'll get your opinion on it, but I think Eric Bailly was fantastic. Maguire was was fantastic at the back. And, yeah. And Pogba as well and Matic. And I think that's the team selection now, isn't it? The squad is looking very strong, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, one, it's like the Wolves game is is another example of that where we managed to find a win. Even if, even if it was looking difficult. And I think that's what you have to do if you're going to sustain a challenge, is find those results. And I think we've done that this year. And the, the Burnley game was excellent. And what was, I think, really interesting is I tend to think in his midfield, Oli either plays Matic and Pogba or Scott McTominay and Fred. He very rarely mixes between those two. You don't often see Pogba and, say, Scott McTominay start or Fred and Matic. And I think what we've seen in the last few games is that Pogba's playing a little bit further forward. And the benefit of that is that everybody is so preoccupied with Bruno Fernandes that Paul Pogba mm. has a little bit of space to be able to, to play. And he's got three goals in his last three away games. And I don't think that's a coincidence. And I know, like, for years, people have said, you've got to find the right players to play with Pogba and stuff like that. And, you know, good players should always shine. But this is maybe one of those situations where we're going to see more from Pogba because Bruno Fernandes is there to carry the load. And actually that's who everybody's worried about because he's the person making the most difference. I was going to ask about Pogba. What, what's your 
opinion of him from a fan's point of view? Because obviously there was, you know, Viola coming out and saying his Manchester United career is effectively over. And since then, it seems to have just flourished. Pogba does. He seems to have had the opposite impact and he seems to become a important member of the team again. Yeah, I think um, I think what agents say has it's just it doesn't. I know lots of people get really excited about it or uh, um, really invested in it. I, it doesn't make any difference to me. Whoever's wearing the shirt is who I support. And I know there's there's such like weird subcultures of fans that like, mm. like even now you'll get like mm. weird people on Twitter that are like really passionately Oli out. So yeah. he, because they can't accept that he's taken them to the top of the league. And do you know what? Even if you even if you don't like the manager, like. Surely that, you just support the team, isn't that the idea? So Paul Popper wears a Manchester United shirt. I want him to do well, and I, you know, he, when he plays well, he's great, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's fantastic. And he upsets Sam, loads of people, which I really enjoy. <laughs> if if you're not upsetting anyone, then you're not doing anything right, are you? I think that's, yeah. that goes for anything. But Sam, actually, I, I noted down this morning a team that I think might play, and I'd quite like to see on uh, on Sunday. I'll get your opinion on this. I've gone De Gea, yeah. Wambasaka, cool. Bay, Maguire, Shaw. Fred McTominay in mm-hmm. midfield, Pogba off the left, Fernandez, Rashford, Martial. Obviously, that depends on Martial. I know he got a little bit of an injury. It looks like he might be okay yeah. for Sunday. But, I mean, Pogba mm-hmm. off the left. I mean, you mentioned him further forward. I mean, Fred McTominay in midfield, he's probably going to go back to that, do you think, for Sunday? Well, yeah, do you know what? I think he will. Um, and I think I think sometimes... This is just me watching. I think sometimes our transitions are faster yes. with... Fred and Scott. So when teams sit deeper against us, like say, like a Burnley, you know they're not going to come and throw counterattacks at us. It makes so much more sense to have, say, Matic and Pogba because they'll spend more time with the ball and will do a lot more with the ball. Whereas against a Liverpool who are going to attack us a lot, Fred and Scott McTominay are probably perfect because they will move the ball so fast to the to our attacking players. Um, so in a game like that, I think that's perfect. Whether he goes with Pogba on the left or no, I wonder if Mason Greenwood will start. Mm. I wonder, because he hasn't played that much mm-hmm. in the last few games, and I wonder if it was a case of, like, this is a game I'm saving you for. I think you can really shine in this. So that's a, that's a wonder I have. But sometimes, you know, we've played like a diamond. Mm. And people have asked Ollie about playing a diamond, and he always says, we never, you know, we play the same formation every single week. And I think in those games, Pogba often occupies that left-hand role. And I think he can do it really well. He's just obviously a different player to, to someone like Marcus Rashford. But nobody minds in... Matter plays on the right, who obviously is again a very different player to if Rashford was to play on the right, for example, because he's not so fast, but it's very clever with the ball. So I think Pogba can do a great job out on the left. You expect United and Solskjaer in particular to change his tactical approach at all for the game, because obviously it's a completely different test against Burnley than it is against Liverpool. And Liverpool, as a Liverpool fan, I know we've struggled against pace in behind the back, and that's probably United's biggest strength, isn't it? With Rashford, if Martial's fit, Greenwood very quick as well. Um, it, it would almost suit United to sit back a bit more and then try and hit Liverpool on the break. Do you see them changing their tactical approach at all? I think I think we're we're fairly consistent. Actually, I think we're mm. we're certainly our most dangerous against teams that come at us. And uh, Marcus Rashford has a great record against uh, Trent, doesn't he? Like in, mm. when they've come up against each other, yeah. it's usually him that comes out on top. And I don't. I'm not saying that to be like, to like to try and um, discredit. Alexander-Arnold is obviously a phenomenal right-back, but Rashford does have a very good record when they come against each other. And I think it will be potentially like, do you remember a few years ago we played City uh, away? We didn't have a lot of the ball. We won the game 2-1. And it was just every time we went forward, we looked so incredibly dangerous. And I I hope it's maybe a game a bit like that where we're not that worried about where the ball is. It's just when we have it, we just storm forward. 
That's sort of what I'm hoping for, because it'll be really exciting if it's like that. Mm. You, Sam, you mentioned Solskjaer, Solskjaer earlier. Obviously, there is this. there does seem to be this strange thing at the minute of people still wanting him out. I can't understand it myself. You know, you talk about... I think the thing was United were labelled as a counter-attack inside, but now they're finding ways to win games, aren't they, Burnley? Teams like that, they're going and winning away from home. I mean... I think Solskjaer's improved tactically fantastic. He's obviously got mm-hmm. the players on side. I mean, I'm not sure what people want more from him at this moment. You know, it's, it's not worked with Louis van Gaal, Mourinho, all these big names, these experienced managers. And I mean, for me, he's doing a fantastic job. I mean, look what they are in the league. The Champions League was obviously a disappointment and, and was unfortunate, maybe a couple of poor performances. But the job he's doing, it does seem mm-hmm. bizarre, doesn't it? There's still people that want him out. Yeah, I'm totally baffled by it. Also, um, I think it's really, really weird. And this only seems to come from pundits and, and um, journalists, I think, when they go, which other Premier League team would take Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Mm, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because Manchester United aren't like any other Premier League team. They're a completely unique beast. So it makes sense that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could manage them because he understands the club inside out. When Zinedine Zidane took over at Real Madrid, People weren't clamouring for Zinedine Zidane because he hadn't done anything. But he understood Real Madrid immensely and was very successful there. And now people would want him. Uh, and I think it's, it's really bizarre, but not the most surprising. Because there's loads of people that look for, I don't know, a sort of glamour or names. or It's like the idea of buying, like, like signings. People get yeah. excited about signings. Sometimes beyond the, like, I don't think people were anywhere near as excited as I think they should have been about Edison Cavani. He offers something completely yeah. unique to our forward line in that if you look at like traditional number nine, that's exactly what he is and what we don't have. And his goals against Southampton, I think, showed that. They were goals that the crosses, that, that like the, the Rashford cross that he scored the winner from, a lot of people said, oh, brilliant cross. And it was a good cross. But it's not that the cross is like, pin, it's not like a David Beckham cross that's pinpoint to his head. Cavani makes the run and scores the goal. He's a different sort of forward. But people didn't want him because he wasn't the most exciting name being linked to Man United at the time. And I think that's kind of like what's happened with Oli. Uh, and I sort of hope now that Pochettino has a job, because people kept using that as a weird barometer of, well, you know, Pochettino's free, so um, that yeah. they'll stop and just get behind the man who's running the club. But it's weird. I think, I, think, I mean, the thing I find most interesting, and um, I wonder what you think about this, because you don't support United, is how... Lampard is treated and how Oli is treated and the scrutiny that they each receive is fascinating. I've said this. It's really really interesting. Even now, people are like, yeah, Lampard needs time. It's one of the best managers. Maybe he's the best young English manager we've got. Give him time, see what he does. And I totally agree that managers should have time. But I find it really weird that no one ever did that for Oli. No one ever said give him time. Everyone immediately was like, that out of his depth, doesn't know what he's doing. Lampard Mm -hmm. came from the championship to manage Chelsea. No one's ever said he's out of his depth. Mm. Yeah, I, I suspect that's down to what Solskjaer had done in England before. And obviously Cardiff got relegated. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other, you know, yeah. probably senior job he had was at Mould and um, did well with them. But obviously United's a different stratosphere completely to them. I suspect it's down to that, whereas Lampard was fairly successful at Derby. Um, but yeah, we've, yeah talked about, we've talked about this on the podcast already, that mm-hmm. Lampard um, and to a certain extent Arteta weren't really questioned um, as quickly as someone like no. Solskjaer. Because I don't think... Yeah, I, I, I'm, as a rival fan speaking, I don't think Solskjaer is the man to get you back to your former glories. And I'm, I'm happy with Solskjaer being in charge of United. Um, you happy always... second, Barney, or... Do you know what I think this is like? Do you know what For I now. think this is like? I think this is like when Leicester um, were winning the Premier League and people would just go, well, Tottenham will win it yeah. or 
City will catch them. Leicester yeah, won't yeah. win the league. Leicester won't win the league. Why? Because it's Leicester. Yeah. And there's no, there's not enough basis to, that I can see to to justify it because Leicester were winning the league because they were the best team and they did win the league. But right up until they won it, people would still go, no, nah, Leicester won't do it. It's Leicester. They can't keep winning games. Yeah. It's Leicester. But just saying, and I think that's the same with Oli. It's, I don't see, because I think season by season, I think he's gaining about 10 points, which yeah. means in about two seasons, we'll be winning, we'll, we'll be getting about 90 points a season. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think. Whereas I, if you look at. So go on. The, the, well, compare that to the other clubs around. The progress at United is very clear, but because we haven't won trophies, which is important, obviously, um, I think sometimes we don't want to see it. But if we continue on that path in a few years, because this is a this is a weird season. There's no doubt about it. And if United won the league this season, it's a weird season. But in two years, we might well be properly con- contenders and winning sort of 90 points a season. And if you do that, you can't argue with it. Yeah, I'd I'd maybe argue you've probably had the players to have done that with like Pogba, Rashford, even earlier than you are doing it now. Um, I think Solskjaer is proving a lot of people wrong, including myself at the moment, but he does always seem to get to a stage where he is close to losing his job and then goes on a really good run and then they start dipping again. If he can keep up this level of consistency, absolutely. You're right that, you know, he deserves a bit more credit. But for me, you look at the semi-final record. exclude goalkeepers... Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's a good point. But if you exclude goalkeepers, United have uh, by starting eleven average. United have the second youngest team in the league. Yeah, and I that think was... you have to consider that when you look at consistency, because young players will make mistakes. Mm, yeah, and will do course, things yeah. that they shouldn't do. I don't know. I yeah. think there's good. I think there's a good. I think there's a really good basis for for success, and that Solskjaer's putting it in the semi-final thing. I think is weird. And I thought this the other day. Because, for example, if we got... Last season, we got to three semi-finals and we didn't win them. And against Sevilla, I mean, we battered Sevilla for 90 minutes. We just could not, we just could not score a goal. So mm. I sort of... It's difficult. But say if we got to a quarter-final, semi-final and got knocked out of the FA Cup in the third round, nobody would have a... Nobody would use that lack of trophies as anything. Yeah. But because we reached three semi-finals, which to some extent is a measure of success to stay in those competitions for that length of time, it actually becomes a negative. Hmm. I think there's something I'm not really... entirely... There's yeah. a narrative there, but it's, I'm not entirely sure it has merit. But there is, I understand the narrative. But I'm just not entirely convinced by it. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of things to be excited about. Obviously, we've seen Ahmed Diallo come in, come in now to the club. And mm-hmm. you mentioned the young, young players at the sub, you know, Mason Greenwood players like that. It's someone like Scott McTominay as well, who is, for me you know, encapsulates everything that a Manchester United player should be. Maybe he's not the best technically, but he gives everything. He's improved. He's, he's committed. And I mean, I was running through the fixtures and the game's coming up, Sam. You're talking about a, a big period. I mean, they play Fulham after this game and Fulham recently have been really tough to beat. Obviously, held Tottenham last yeah. night, play Sheffield United at home, potential bananas, and then Arsenal away. So maybe over the next rest of January, we might find out, you know, people, you say, people say, oh, they're not title changes at the top of the league. But, I mean, we might find out a lot about United, won't we, over the next few weeks? I, I think you're right. I mean, we could easily, we, I mean, we could go to our, we haven't lost yet away all season, but yeah. just because something continues doesn't mean it continues forever. We could very easily go there and lose. Then everybody else catches up a little bit because the points are so close. And then, yeah, you go on a run of games and before you know it, you're fourth again. Like, yeah. that's definitely possible. But even if that happened, I still think the the progress that we're making is 
is is there and is clear. Um, and I don't think we're going to have one of those seasons where we're like chasing towards the end of the season to try and get ourselves into those Champions League places. I think I think we're a, we're a very good footballing side, and people can see that. And I think people, when they play us, are now offering. I think people used to come to Old Trafford the last few years. Let's say if you played for West Brom or whatever, I think you turn up and you go, "I'm going to get a winner. We can get a yeah. result here at Old Trafford. That's exciting." I don't think that happens anymore. No, I don't know. I don't think it's in people's heads in the same way. And I think that's massive. Like the mindset the players have when they turn up to play Manchester United. If you're looking at it as an opportunity to tell people, oh, we beat Man United. Or even like, if I, if I do well today, I might be able to give myself a move. I can mm. get a couple of goals against Manchester United. That'll be good. Mm. I don't think that exists anymore. Not in the I way think, that it used to. Sam, I think a lot of the credit should go to Solskjaer as well for that. But for improving certain players, I mean, off the top of my head, players like Luke Shaw, for me, recently has been, because he's had his injury problems, mm-hmm. he's been fantastic. You know, he's improved. Yeah. Tomine, Fred, another player. For me, Fred yeah. is now you know, an absolute certainty for the top games, you know, the things he offers. I mean, the improvement that he's made about the players in the team, it's all right buying players and buying him, buying him, but you have to improve what you've got. And and for me, Solskjaer's done that, definitely. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, even uh, even if we look recently at Eric Bailly, the games he's having are phenomenal. And we've always known there was was a lot of capability in Eric, but he was never able to put, I don't, I think four games was his best ever run. And that was like 2017. But so even just managing him and keeping him fit is is something. But you're right. I think the players have improved. Luke Shaw in particular, since Teles came in, Fantastic, I think giving yeah. him that bit of competition, it's given him a lot. Also, I think Marshall is a much better player. Marcus Rashford is a much better player. Mm. And a part of that comes with them getting older. But you're right. He is improving players. And I, I'm not sure he gets the credit for, for his coaching in that respect. Fred is the big one though, isn't he? Because oh, Fantastic. Uh, to pick up on that mindset point you've made, do you think there's now going to be a flip of mindset now that United are going into this game at the weekend, top of the table? How important do you think that is? And obviously it's been a while, was it since 2012 or since Fergie was last there, 2013, maybe when you won the title, that you were last top of the league at this stage of a season. Do you think, obviously so far this season, it's, all the talk has been, it's been a bit of a surprise title challenge but now you're leading the way. And mm-hmm. as you say, from a fan's point of view, you're thinking, of course, you know, we're, we're top of the table. Of course, we're in, in the running for the title. Do you think there's a flip of mindset with, with the players where they maybe go into these games really thinking certainly they can win now and then push on and maybe consider a victory at Anfield would be a real sign that they can go and win the title? I think the main difference in mindset is I think this team has something that that great teams always need and have is I think this team absolutely always believes they'll get another chance to score. Mm. And I think that's massive in the, in what, eight, six, six of our games, I think that we've played away, we've gone behind in and won, which yeah. is, uh, which in itself is, I think a record for number of times going behind in an away game and winning already in this, yeah, at this point in the season. It's phenomenal. And I think that mindset is the difference. So if we go to Anfield and we go one nil down, there might have been times when before where it would have been like, all right, well, let's get this done. Let's get the game finished. And I don't know that for sure, obviously. Um, but that, that was also now, in the I think, relatively near, near past, wasn't it, as well? It's been quite a recent change around, maybe even just this season. So where do you think that's come from, that change in mindset? I mean, the, the, big, the big difference is, I think, is the team that you see now playing, some of those players you can say have been there a while, but it's actually, I think, a relatively newly formed team. Harry Maguire was made captain. Uh, he, this is only his second season. Yeah. His defensive partnerships are swapped between we're seeing Bayer a bit more at the minute, uh, Victor Lindelof. That's a new partnership that has to be allowed to develop. 
Luke Shaw is finally um, able to be fit and playing very well. Aaron Wambasaka only came in, what, 18 months ago because he came in the summer that Harry Maguire came. So you've got a back four that have had, at absolute best, a year and a half together, which is no huge amount of time. Then you look into the midfield and, you know, we talk about Fred, Scott McTominay, Matic and Paul Pogba and there's a development of which partnerships work which ones don't which are appropriate for which games which players have a natural bond how do we get the best out of these players and then uh, Mason Greenwood is I think hugely important Cavani came in this season so it's it's a really new team so you could say well what was Ollie's team like two years ago but it wasn't this yeah because it didn't have these players I think it's. Mm. I think it's. I think that's really important. Is if people are going to say, well, you know, compare, you know, but Oli two years ago he was having a nightmare. But do you know what? He had. He had. He had different players, and I think he's done. A, I mean, even when we were playing with like Lukaku as centre forward, the approach to games was different. The yeah. the way of trying to win was different, and having the team that he's built now, and this is Oli's team, and I think that's the difference. Is we've had a lot of managers in a short period, which United have never really had, and if you look at when Chelsea had that. Their team was always the same. It was always Czech, Terry, Carvalho, uh, Cole, Lampard, Drogba. And then a few players would move around sometimes. Balak, Shevchenko and so on, uh, like Florian Maluda. But the core of the team was always there. You know, I'd have, uh, no, I'd have got a totally different core to the one they had like two years ago by calendar two years, not by seasons. Yeah. So I think that's massive in terms of the attitude of this team and the way they are approaching games. And I think they will believe in each other, which is massive. And then, of course, you add into that Bruno Fernandes, and that changes mm. everything. We're top of the league. I know it's not a real league, but in terms of since he joined the club, yeah. we've almost played 38 games, and United are at the top of that league. And I don't think that's an accident. And I think that's where you look at how well a club are doing, especially after 17 games in a season. Because you know, we talk about Leicester again. When Leicester won the league, they were top of a of a twelve month league for ages leading into that. From when they started pulling themselves out of relegation, and all of a sudden you go, it's not just this season. From like Project Restart, United were the team that was were beating everybody. Mm. So I don't think it's some sort of flash in the pan. Oh, we've done it over the last seventeen games because actually I think this has been building and going on. You could say probably since the likes of Harry Maguire came in, and the mm. team started to be formed the way Oli wanted them, and now they're starting to play the way he wants them to play. And those little mistakes that cost you games and cost you points are starting to vanish because they're, they're playing more often together. And more often than not, we see the same team. And I think United have got a really good bench. And I think that's one place we might have the benefit this season is I think we might have the strongest bench in the league. Mm. You, might, thought, you might look at... Do you think so too? I completely agree. Yeah, you look at the bench. I mean, it's almost world-class, that bench at times, isn't it? You're talking about on Sunday, yeah. I mean... I mean, you're looking at, I think what you mentioned, the point you made earlier about Cavani. I mean, for me, it's not, it's not about Cavani's goals. It's what his movement inside the box, open space for Pogba yeah. Fernandes. That's not, I think there's a lot of way we can hurt teams now. And I think the difference in the previous, like you say, it was a more of a counter-attacking side, couldn't break teams down. But for me now, you can hurt, hurt teams a lot of ways. And I mean, if I had to put you on the spot, Sam, give us a score prediction for Sunday. I mean, personally, I mean, Barney and I run a prediction competition on sports mo I'm absolutely destroying him purely because he doesn't ever back Liverpool to lose. So I'm, I'm personally I'm personally going to be back in a one one in this game and obviously I would love to love to go there and win yeah. but but a point would be good. I mean can you what's your score prediction for Sunday? Yeah one one seems reasonable. Uh, I think um yeah I think that seems like a good I mean I don't expect us 
I don't expect us to win, but in exactly the same way that I don't expect us to lose because we've, mm. we've managed our away games so well. Um, and also, it's, you know, Liverpool aren't the, the same Liverpool they were mm. last year. And I mean, that's part of the reason why you're not at the top of the league. We can say how well United are doing, but also Liverpool are, what, 25 points? Are they 25 points worse off or something mad like that? Yeah, Which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's that, and that, that, that's that's shown in the way they're playing. So I think we've got a really good chance to go and to go and sneak a win. And the 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 mindset will be, I think, with the United players to go out there and get a win. And I think like we've seen Klopp moaning about penalties, which we didn't see from him last year when they were just winning games. Yeah, he was very content, was fairly gracious, quite happy. That sort of big, sort of charming, laughy guy that everybody likes. But now there's a little bit more pressure and we're seeing that. And it'll be mm. interesting to see how Liverpool deal with that because they haven't been in... This is a totally new situation for Liverpool. Mm. And it's uh, it they, been seven years or something, eight years since someone won the league twice in a row. Yeah. Well, yeah. Man City won it a couple of seasons ago, didn't they? Yeah. Twice in a row. Well, I mean, Barney, you're going to be back in 4-0 oh, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, Barney uh, will be back not, in 4-0 Liverpool Sunday. No, so. I, I would be lying if I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned about United's pace against what could be Henderson and Fabinho at centre-back again. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Matip um, might be out again, doesn't it? So Yeah, I think Matip will be out. Yeah, and, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Don't Phillips or Reese Williams comes play. in. But mm. Who, Matip? Yeah, I'm not sure who'd play. I think, I think it would be Fro- uh, Fro- Scott and Fred anyway. Yeah. But obviously, it's still not ideal to have Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam, can we speak about um, the podcast, the United podcast, quickly? Obviously, it's... You know, yeah, in terms absolutely. of your in terms of your career, your your TV career, is it is it the most maybe not the most proudest, but is it the best thing you've done? I mean, obviously David May, Helen Evans, the show. I mean, I've I've listened to a lot of them. They're incredibly enjoyable. You know, Mickey Thomas was on recently. Fernandez, Rashford. I could go on and on. I mean, for you, is that is it the the, the best thing you've done? The most enjoyable thing you've done? It is ridiculous fun. Like there, we with like when we we did Wayne Rooney, if like yeah, I saw think. that. Yeah. December, I think. Mm. Yeah, just before Christmas, we did Wayne Rooney. And it's one of those things where I'm sat there just <laughs> chatting to Wayne Rooney. Like, before we were even recording, we're just sat there having a chat. I think, this is madness. And you sort of have to remember, like, that it's just, there's, there's people you get to meet and talk to that you just, I just, I don't know. Idolise is maybe strong, but yeah, probably did when I was a yeah. kid. And you think, mm. no, we're just having a chat and it's all fine. And I don't know, it's, it's, um, it feels like a real privilege to get to do it and it is immense fun and uh everybody has been so nice i mean there's a few um there's a few people in lockdown that we might not have been able to talk to or we would have traveled out to go and see what we've been able to do on zoom which has been great like patrice everest on zoom was one of the first ones we did on zoom and we were really worried that without sitting down and talking in person yeah you lose that like natural sort of rapport so we don't open mm. up so much because i think the best thing about them is they're not they're not really about football yeah, but they yeah. are about football, but they're about that person's life story, and that person is a footballer. So inevitably, it's but but it's not like, oh, what was the best goal you ever scored? Yeah. What was the best? What was the best game you ever played in? What do you think of this formation? That's nothing to do with it. Um, and so to sit and talk to those people, and yeah, so if ever I thought we might we might lose some of that, but he was amazing, and because he had nothing else to do, he spoke to us for like two hours because <laughs> it was back in the first the first lockdown. He just. We thought, oh, we might get 40 minutes from him and that would be great. But he had literally nothing to do like everyone else. So he just talked and talked and talked. And he told some stories that he hadn't, that he hadn't divulged in the media before. It was amazing. 
What was it ever ever told that? Was it on Sky Sports? He told that story about Henri when he went to his house or something, and he had to turn off because uh, Granite Jacker was captain. Oh, yeah, was that the? Yeah, <laughs> sort of comes out with some strange yeah. stories, doesn't he? Sometimes. Um, yeah. What was it like doing the, the match yeah. days at the moment, Sam? Obviously, with the the lockdown, the coronavirus, there's no fans in there. I mean, I mean, how difficult is it doing? Obviously, you're still doing the presenting, and it's fantastic, but. How we got to get the fans back, haven't we, as soon as safely as possible? Yeah, it's so it's so weird to begin with. At the start of the season, I thought, what um, what like what have I done? Like it felt like a real honour, joy, privilege, something like that to to be able to go to the games and no one can go and watch their team, and I get to go and watch my team. And then I realised that maybe I was being punished because at the start of the season we were losing at home to Palace, Spurs, mm. Arsenal, and I was at all of those games. And I was thinking, yeah, maybe it's not so great coming to watch. Uh, and then it all changed. And it's, it's so much fun. Um, and it's, it's, it's really cool to be able to go and watch. And I think one day it'll be, it'll be something that I'll be able to be like, you know what, when the whole world was, was, was unable to go and do the thing everybody loves most, I was able to do that. And that's really cool. But I absolutely cannot wait until fans turn up. I think the Leeds game is a really good mm-hmm. example of, the problem with that is that's a big game. Yeah. United and Leeds yeah. hate each other brilliantly in the way that like, you have in football. But no, the, the, the problem is they haven't played each other for so long. Mm-hmm. None of the players feel that. Although the game was great and it was 6-2, obviously, and it was a completely mad game of football. The atmosphere that should have existed around that game can't mm-hmm. exist without the fans. And we keep getting City all the time. I mean, we've got Liverpool twice in the next what, 10 days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it won't be like United-Liverpool. It just won't be. And it can't be because the thing that makes it United-Liverpool is the fans. If you're just watching on telly, it's whatever. Mm. But if you've got 70,000 people screaming at every tackle, it changes the game entirely. And I, I cannot wait till they're back. Um, and that, Even and with 2,000 in you, you got that sense, didn't you? Even when 2,000 yeah, were allowed in. Mm. Well, we haven't yeah. had that at Old Trafford, yeah? Yeah. Because mm. Manchester oh, right, was never yeah, tier two, but in other games, mm. yeah, obviously you get you just get something. You get a little bit of it, mm. it, it just gives the game a little bit more life, I think. Yeah. All right, Sam. I, and we could talk to you all day, but I'm afraid we've run out of time now. Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Um, My pleasure. Sorry, I feel like I just talked aimlessly now. <laughs> <laughs> That's great you to have you on. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> yeah, in the nicest possible way. I wish you a very miserable Sunday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, and you too. <laughs> Matt and I will be back tomorrow for our predictions competition including obviously that Liverpool versus Manchester United game top of the table battle which should be a cracking game um, in the meantime you can find previews for all Premier League games championship and many more leagues over on sportsmore.co.uk you could subscribe to this podcast and all the usual channels and on YouTube uh, to make sure you don't miss an episode so we look forward to seeing you again soon thanks for joining <laughs>